thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you are bringing. I thank you for what you want to speak, what you want to say, what you want this, this day, Father, what you want to help put into our lives to help build the kingdom here on earth. Take your message, take your word, make Jesus famous. Father, I pray that you speak what you want to say and you keep me quiet. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who's been enjoying this good weather? I went camping and fishing the other night, and it was amazing. Even the ride in this morning, I brought my motorcycle, and it was, it was gorgeous. Just saying. Today's going to be awesome. Well, I have not spoken to Stevie. I have not spoken to Chuck. I have not spoken to anybody outside of just Pastor for like a minute last Sunday about what I was going to bring. Um, I was talking with Dakota over a month ago, and he was kind of sharing to me what his message was going to be about, and I kind of shared him what, what I what I was feeling when I was seeking God, and Dakota felt in his spirit the same thing, and uh, I, I, I just could not believe Stevie's testimony. I didn't get to hear the beginning of it, but when I walked in, hearing what he said, the scripture that Chuck brought when Stevie was speaking, I mean, it is, even the worship set list, I, I didn't even talk to the music. Um, I absolutely believe that this is a straight divine leading into what's coming, uh, the word um, the conversation I had with Dakota, I, I really believe it was what I call a confirmation conversation. Um, just, out, I was blown away. Um, besides, I, I can't get talking on God's goodness. I don't know what it is about that. It makes me cry. So, way to go. So, that's why I can never preach on it. <laughs> did it once, all I did was cry. But, I want to take, uh, take a stroll back in time. There was a large troop of recently freed slaves that came out of Egypt. Already, you should know who the story is about. If you don't, open your Bible. But there was a large troop of recently freed slaves that came out of Egypt. And when they left Egypt, they left with, if you pay attention to the story, they left with a ton of treasures from Egypt. Uh, they went through dry ground, through a river, a big body of water. It wasn't just like as wide as this room. It was massive. Uh, they were being pursued by the former slave owners, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the same waters wiped the Pharaoh and his chariots that were chasing them out. Uh, God was leading them by a big old cloud cover during the day in the hot desert sun, leading them by a pillar of fire at night in the cold desert night. Have you guys ever been in the desert at night? It gets freezing. So extreme heat, God's protecting them. Extreme cold, God's protecting them. He's doing all this, and he's leading them up to a particular piece of land, a part of land, and the entire time, you know, the power of a living God is their compass directing them. So don't forget these kind of things. He's leading them to a, a particular land on purpose. It wasn't by accident. This was a land that was promised, okay, by the very same God who has been providing and protecting them the whole time, all right? So, this whole journey, God's just been directing them, bringing them to this land. This land was vast with resources and prosperity. As the scripture says, it was flowing with milk and honey. That sounds like a really good land to me. That sounds like a really decent farm on there or something. Just, it's good. If you pay attention and read it, you should be like, wow, man, this is amazing of exactly what God was taking them to. So a mission was to take place. And from, in that mission, there were 12 spies. One spy was from each tribe that was among them, okay? I don't want to, I'm not, well, I don't want to. I'm not going to go through all their names. There's 12 spies. The only two that matter to me are the ones that actually did something. 
So, you can find this in Numbers chapter 13. If you want, turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13, because that's where we're going to start. But they were brought to this land, and they were to go into this land named Canaan, 12 spies, and they were supposed to bring back a report on the terrain, the resources, anything they came across. They were, they were supposed to bring a detailed report back. Now, if you follow, when you read it in your Bible, if you follow them going in the land, they talk about seeing some big fruits and all that kind of stuff. It takes a couple of guys just to carry a cluster of grapes and everything. It is amazing. What's missed is I, is I really believe that when the spies were going into the land, it was undoubtedly just to encourage the Israelites. I really believe that because didn't God bring them to that land? I kind of feel like if God did something on purpose, it was gonna, there was going to be a follow-through. It was going to go to the end. You know, God was doing his, his work. So, undoubtedly, this land was supposed to be just an encouragement. The spies going in, bring back a good report. That's what I truly believe. Well, the spies go in. They see for themselves the riches of this land. They see all the good stuff. And it seems like it was amazing. And this was called the promised land. If you read it, it is called the promised land, not an optional land. God's promises should not be optional in your life. They should not be optional as a believer. When God promises something, that's promised, it's determined, it's, it's done. This was the promised land, not an optional land. So keep that in mind when, when we're going through today. Well, after the after-action report comes out, the, the spies come back after 40 days. Um, it was amazing up until they talk about the current residents. That's uh, Numbers 13, verses 25 to 29. We we're going to read this. At the end of 40 days, they returned from scouting out the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. Or Kadesh, I don't know how to say those. They brought back a report from them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here are some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan." said, the report started off awesome. If I, was, if I was Moses and they started off, that, I'd be like, oh, this sounds good. And then they start talking about giants and the ten spies. Just deflate the report. Deflate the, the good report. That would have been annoying for me. But the mood quickly changed when they focused on the giants, the current residents, that stood between them and their new life there. The promised land. That is where the mood changed, once they started to focus on the residents of the land. Nothing else. They were excited when they reported about the fruit and all that and the milk and honey. That all sounded great and gravy. But when they started talking about the residents, then they started having problems. They failed to recognize God's power, okay, to overcome obstacles that they've already gone through. Did, I just recounted to you very quickly a quick synopsis. I didn't even count in the ten plagues that they also were you know, protected from and everything when they were in Egypt. 
They've, they've already forgotten God's amazing power to overcome obstacles. Uh, no matter how great, how many of them they, there were, any obstacle they came across, God had provided and protected them through it all, and they, they literally lived through a lot of those moments already. Um, it was their lack of faith that in turn caused them to start wandering the wilderness another 40 years because they couldn't access the promised land. Listen, when we're moving in a, with a direct promise okay, from God, we've got to keep our eyes off, the fo- off of the obstacles of life all right, and focus on the provision and the power from God who is sufficient for any giants that we come across. Okay? Um, it's, it's amazing. They, they, for, they forgot about all this kind of stuff. Listen, like when you're moving in life and you come across obstacles, the scripture says you're an ambassador for Christ. You know, you're not moving on your own authority, but of the authority of your representation. And I kind of feel like the representation you hold is that of the one who created the universe. So just keep that in the back of your minds for, for daily living. But here comes my favorite part, okay? After action report sucked, as I would say. I, as there, if I was Moses, I'd be like, wow, you guys blew it. Like, give, give me something better. Well, my favorite verse right here in this entire area is verse 30. Ready? It says, Then Caleb quieted the people in the, pro- in the presence of Moses and said, We must go up and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. I love Caleb. The one dude out of all the spies, well, later Joshua, okay, but Caleb. There's ten spies, and they're given their crummy report. And Caleb, after he hears it, is like, uh, shh. As a quiet, he quieted them, and then he said to Moses, we can do it. We can take it. We can conquer it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, you know, a half an hour hike into the land from what they saw and what they gathered and all that kind of stuff. I feel like maybe on the way back, the spies just kind of kept quiet and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Caleb walked back with the report and was thinking, dude, we got to grab, we got to turn around. We got to go back in. Like, this is awesome. This is great. I love Caleb in this section. Actually, in throughout the rest of scripture and stuff like that, into Joshua and all that stuff. I love Caleb. Verse 30 is amazing. You, sh- you should look at the whole report and, be, and like write it like, they should have done better, and then Caleb, good job. Like, just write that in your Bible. It's good. All right, Caleb did a great job. He came back. And what was amazing is they emphasized, Caleb emphasized God's overcoming power no matter what the problems were. That's what he was emphasizing. That was in his spirit. That was in his attitude. God's overcoming power of all problems. His report was a faith into the promises of God rather than the fear of man or the fear of men, as the spies were showing. Their faith, like Caleb and Joshua, their faith enabled them to see the problems not as obstacles, but as opportunities for God to prove himself again and again and again and again. There were 10 plagues, you know, God provided the cloud. You know, there was like 20 plus different obstacles that God has already proven himself already up until they got to this point. Caleb did not forget those. Caleb and Joshua remembered that. God, there are all opportunities for God to prove himself again and again. Caleb was ready right then and there with the promises of God to take that land. It did not matter what was walking on it. He was like, that was my land. That's, that's it. It's mine. God said it. 
we, when, we, when we have an active faith in God, our view of life and its challenges will emphasize the positive rather than the negative. That's what your faith does. Your faith should be pushing positive, not negative. If you are ever in a conversation with somebody and you happen to find yourself pushing negative, well, you just found yourself outside of faith and now in fear. So that's for you. Caleb was ready to claim that promise right there. The other ten spies, you can see Caleb and Joshua, they're looking onto God and his provision and his providing. The other spies happened to look at themselves. They revealed their perception of themselves, separated from God's power. You can read that in verse 33. Where does it say that? Uh, verse 33, uh, the quotations. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed like that the same to them. How do you see yourself? Are you seeing yourself walking under God's power and authority, or are you seeing yourself like the ten spies? I'm a short dude, but I'm six foot twenty where it counts. This is why I cut down trees. I'm not good with math. Listen, the ten had forgotten a few things. They had forgotten. Literally, that they were God's chosen people. Uh, I can't remember when Crab was here, but Crab was talking about the cross, the people who cross over, the Israelites and that kind of stuff. The, God chose them. If you follow the lineage and stuff of them, Christ comes from this. They were God's chosen people. They had already forgotten that. The ten spies had already forgotten that. That blows my mind. That you literally are seeing miracles every single second of a pillar of fire. You know, I've seen those in South Dakota, those little dust devils and stuff like that catch on fire and the prayer. That's amazing to see. But to think that that is what you're walking behind. When I saw one in, in the field, it scared me and I wanted to go the other way. There was a pillar of fire leaning by night, cloud covered by day. The waters opened up, water smashed their enemy. Like They forgot all about this already because they just looked unto themselves. It is amazing. They were God's chosen people, backed by promises. Like I said, it's called the promised land, not an optional land. The promises of God and the power of the creator of the universe is what's backing them. They were supposed to take, take the land. Okay, God determined it already, like I said. The victory had already happened in God's mind and in the future. We were just following it. Which is easy for our part, it, you know, easy peasy. It should have been easy, should have been easy peasy. But the ten spies started to spread fear of man into the rest of the Israelite community. I tell you what, I'll tell you something. I don't care what tribe leader, tribe leader I'm standing next to, I'm telling them to shut up. That is, that is deadly and dangerous. Thankfully, I've never had to do that to Chuck or Pastor or Stevie or anything. That doesn't happen in this church, okay? But I have talked to pastors in the last couple of years that really do sp spread the fear of man. And holy cow, talking face-to-face -face with them, it's like, wow, I am glad I do not, do not sit in your church. It's like, shut up. Because <laughs> I know they're not talking about the word. I don't care what tribe leader I stand next to. Listen, you shut down fear and you yell out faith. 
If you actually read what Caleb wrote, there's an exclamation mark in there. I know those were later added, but I really feel like that's what his attitude was, especially since he had to quiet everybody down. He said, let's conquer it. Let's go. Caleb was ready. I'll tell you what, that's the guy I want to work with. I remember when I first told family that uh, I was going to go to a Bible college because I knew I was going to become a pastor. My, my plans that I had thought, you know, I finally subjected them to the word and God said, I got something greater. I was like, cool, let's do it. So I was starting to tell families, like, I'm going to go to Bible college. It's going to be down south. I'm going to become a pastor. And some of them decided to express their loving concern that oh, you're not going to make enough money to live life and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I didn't know you were an expert in this field. And one of them, one of them that didn't do it to me directly, did it to my mom, a relative of mine has already bankrupt, you know, filed bankruptcy twice in their life. I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then uh, even, even my wife Elizabeth, when uh, she had told somebody that you know, she was going to Bible college and whatnot, they, they turned around and told her that it was going to be completely useless for her and a waste of her time and all that kind of stuff. That came from a pastor a tribe leader. Tell them to shut up, all right? You got to get, you got to kind of get angry about that stuff because the word is what you need to live by, what you need to follow. You start following those words of man, I tell you what, it's dangerous. That's horrible. I'm glad I didn't listen to it. I'm glad my wife didn't listen to it. All right. Blood pressure, come down. So, just because a leader has something to say does not mean it's always attached to faith. Sometimes it's got the weight, of, the fear, the weight of fear of man attached to it. You got to always, always go back to the word of God. Look at what the word says and check with the spirit what the spirit's telling you. He guides, he leads, he instructs, he comforts, he does all that kind of stuff. I'm going to let him do his job. Kind of gets paid to do it, so I'm going to let, him, let the Holy Spirit do that for me. Makes it easier on my side. All right, but you go back to the Word, check it with the Word, always. So anyways, what happened to them? What happened to the other spies? They forgot. They, they forgot. That was the biggest thing. They forgot who led them out of Egypt. They forgot who helped them cross the waters. They forgot who helped provide for them in the desert. They forgot who was guiding, leading them to this promised land the whole entire time. They didn't take one step out of place. God didn't check his map doing land nav and be like, we got to go back. I missed a turn. God was on purpose. God was directful. God did it. They forgot about that. Listen, Caleb did not forget those. Caleb trusted the word of God, and he knew God to be truth. Not a truth. He knew God to be truth. It was his attitude and his spirit. His attitude was of the spirit. It wasn't of flesh. You know, he, he knew the land to be claimed as theirs because he had already seen freedom and provision happen. If you actually read, Caleb was born into slavery in the land of Goshen. Goshen, Goshen. You can say it how you want. And he knew that the God that brought him out of that was going to provide for him the entire way. That's why his attitude was, let's do it, let's go. 
He's already seen, I mean, Caleb has already, he, he's, he's seen the way maker. He's already lived through some way making times. Have you not lived through some way making times? I have. We're, you got to constantly remember those things. Fear, fear will erode your faith away if it's left unchecked. Caleb was not about that. And he, was, he, he did not want to listen to those spies. I, sl- I slightly kind of believe that when the spies came back, they gave the report, and they were just like, oh, it's bad. I kind of think they were waiting for a new word from God. Like somehow God messed up leading them there, and that he needed to check his map again and pick a new place. Because again, they looked at their own strength, and apparently they might have been shorter than me. Worried about giants. I think, they need, I think they were looking for a new word from God. Listen, if God gave you a word, you can take that to the end, no matter what. There's a lot of people trying to find new words from God when he's still waiting for you to team up on the last word he gave you. Okay? So don't, when you see obstacles and that kind of stuff, don't be looking for new words from God because somebody else is going to whisper in your ear. They got lost looking at their own strength. They ran into that. I, you know, I guess God was wrong. Pick a new spot. Shouldn't have picked Canaan. I don't know where he should have gone, but Caleb and Joshua, they, God's strength. The other 10 spies, man's strength. That's what was their focus. We are coming to a major breakthrough in our lives, in the kingdom of God. If you haven't paid attention, I'm sorry, that's your fault, but if you haven't paid attention to what pastor has been bringing recently and to what God has been speaking to pastor. And like I said this morning, I did not talk to Stevie about any of this, his, his message. I did not talk to Chuck about what I was going to preach about and what he said and the songs that were used. I, I didn't talk to them about any of this. If you aren't paying attention of how, how God is doing this direction, how, how he's doing this leading, that's your fault. You need to get, get back in line. That's for you. Okay. Good. Thank you. <laughs> now that I know Chuck's following, I can follow him. We're coming to a major breakthrough. Like I said, I actually believe like right where we're at now, we are ready to hit that last great outpouring of the Spirit before Christ returns. We are on that threshold of the promised land. Oh, it's just, uh, I don't know how, it just, it just does something in my spirit for me. It gets my blood pressure going in a good way. Listen, we need to be prepared for the time as each day approaches. As Pastor, what, did, what was Pastor saying that the Spirit told him? Any of you paid attention? Get your house in order. Yes. The time is coming. Breakthrough is about to happen. I, I'm, I am so excited. It's going to be amazing. You know, Caleb and Joshua, they brought back that report about the land. But the greater report was... God was there. God is here too. Once we remember and focus on that, poof, claiming the promised land and our breakthroughs, easy peasy. Do it. It's just, if God, yeah, he's done it. You just do it. A lot of times we like to say, you know, God is with me. Listen, the whole dynamic changes because when you're in the will of God, you are with him. That changes everything. 
God's not standing behind me. I'm standing behind God. He's going through and clearing my mountains and digging up my valleys and blowing away the giants and stuff in my way. I just got to follow him. He made it easy for me. Besides, God's, God's big enough. He's more than big enough. But yeah, that's where it was. Caleb and Joshua knew that they were with God. We can go through tons of people in the Bible. They knew they were with God. When they were found in his will, doing, doing his word, when they listened to what he said, that's the will. That's the big, big difference between the two groups, two groups of spies. Remembering who's, who's there and forgetting who's there. Uh, the scripture actually says about Joshua, he, uh, he had a different attitude than the rest of the people. Some of your scriptures say he had a different spirit about him. Uh, that's Numbers That's Numbers 14.24. You can mark that in your Bibles. 14.24. Some will say attitude, some will say spirit. Just know it's attitude of God, attitude of a conqueror, attitude of victory, spirit of God, spirit of faith, spirit of victory. That's what it is. If you don't know what it is, that's what it is. Listen, when you come across these, these thresholds of breakthroughs or these thresholds of promised lands or the promises of God and that kind of stuff, seeing their fulfillment, go back and make sure the word, it's lined up with the word. Make sure your attitude is lined up with the word. Make sure your spirit is lined up to the word. If it's not, that's your fault, okay? That's not God's fault. The gospel, the word of God should always overrule any opinion, any attitude, and any spirit you may have. And if you ever find yourself trying to justify your attitude, your spirit, your opinion, you're wrong. That's just it. So, word works, word's right. All right, now, Caleb followed the spirit of truth, okay? Like I said, he knew God to be truth because he had seen God do some stuff. God had provided, God had brought freedom. That's where it is. Like I said, he knew the waymaker. He saw waymaking times. What, I think you guys should go home and, and write down all the different times God has waymade it for you. I don't know how to say it. He made the way. Wow, how did I not know how to say that? When God made the way for you. Because as this breakthrough is coming, I think we need to have these on the wall, on the fridge, on the counter, in your car, whatever. We need to remember all the times he's made the way. Because anytime God moves, the enemy's trying to back up behind us, trying to screw us up and trip us up and whatnot. Listen, your focus is on who the waymaker is, what God has waymade himself through for you, or you through, changes everything. I'll tell you what. Caleb shows eyes of faith rather than head in the, head in the sand fear. Other ten spies were fine living in, living in the desert, I guess. I would not have been fine. I don't like the heat. If it gets above 60 degrees, I start sweating. So I don't want to be in the desert. So fear is the gate for compromise, okay? We reject God's plan in our lives when we fear it might fail. That's what the, that's what the spies did. They compromised because they had fear. They rejected God's plan of the promised land because they were fearful it might fail. I tell you what, you need to shut the gate. He is faithful. 
fear is of compromise. Listen, when you remember who you are with, it changes everything. Caleb, the, the Bible describes Caleb as loyal, who followed God wholeheartedly because he never forgot who he was with. He never forgot who had led them out of Egypt, who had taken them to the promised land, who had provided for them these umpteen times of umpteen things and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't 20 people. It wasn't 100 people. It wasn't 50,000 people. It was a lot of people. I can't remember the number offhand, but it was a ton. And God provided for every single one of them. I don't remember a reading where, like, a group of 20 of them happened to not cross the dry land onto the other side before Pharaoh went through, and they got washed away too. Like, oh, shoot, I forgot that group. No, God provided the entire time for the entire group. Caleb remembered that kind of stuff. He remembered who he was following. I know there are things that we will come across in this life that will try to hinder us from getting in the promised land. Come across it so many times. I'm only 30. I can't imagine those that are 60 and older or older than me, how many more times you come across stuff. I know it happens. I know there's stuff that's trying to hinder us. Okay, I haven't forgotten that there's an enemy out there, but I have remembered that I'm the enemy's enemy and that the word of God has made me bigger than the enemy. Listen, we're either moving out in faith or we're pulling back in fear. Okay, God will not leave you nor forsake you. Stevie said that this morning. He literally gave you the testimony this morning. That was, that's for you in here. Not for a couple of you. That's for all of you in here. God will not leave you nor forsake you. If God said he's taking you to the promised land, he's got a breakthrough. If God's giving you the promise, it's done. He's leading you to it. God desires to bring the promises into your life. You can look through all of scripture and see it. You can look to other believers that are grounded in the word and see it, how it has happened. We gotta move forward in faith, guys. I, 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 don't, I can't say that anymore. Um, actually, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter one, verse 33. I want you guys to write this down. It was funny, I had this in my sermon and I actually saw this this week on Facebook. It was another moment where I was like, whoa. Like, I could not believe it. Proverbs 133. I'm going to read it in my scripture, and I'm going to read it as how I saw it on Facebook. Proverbs 133. But whoever listens to me will live securely and free from the fear of danger. And then in the, in the version I saw online, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by the fear of harm tell you what you need to mark that a lot of a lot of a lot of people when when I was doing this God gave me that scripture and I think it was the next day actually I saw it on Facebook and he was telling me that there is a fear trying to creep back in and drive into into Christians again and it's gonna it's gonna stop your breakthrough if you allow that and a lot of it happens to be that More, people are not listening to God. They're not listening to his word. They're not living in peace. They're not living with Christ at their side. Christ is the prince of peace. I think you, I think you should have him. God said, I will lead you. That's what he told me when he showed me the scripture. 
I, I, don't, I don't walk with fear, ever. This morning, it, it, was, just, it was just nonchalant. I just kind of, I was riding my motorcycle, and, and I was just for the Gordonville store. I was coming south on 30, and I'm riding my motorcycle, and a bat comes flying out, and I just did, just did a nice little turn, and the bat missed my head and hit me on the shoulder. I got bat poop on my jacket. It's in pastor's office. It's not on his chair. Don't worry. But it could be. <laughs> I actually got, I went into the bathroom and I got here and I checked my ear and stuff just to make sure. I was like, I don't want to be up here with poop. But I, I live securely in faith. I live secure in what the word has said to me. I have seen God do some way making times in my life and I have not forgotten those. Proverbs 133, you should write that down, mark that up. Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. It did not matter what was on that land. He was going for it. He wanted it. Caleb followed wholeheartedly. The other spies did it in appearance. They didn't do it in their heart. Caleb was wholeheartedly, as the scripture says. You can't lead if you can't follow first. And God calls his children to be leaders. You understand that, right? You look out throughout all of scripture, we're supposed to be leaders in this world. We're supposed to go to the leaders. We're supposed to be seated with leaders. We're seated in heavenly places. We're seated next to Christ on the throne. That's a leadership position. That's how you're supposed to be seen, how you're supposed to view yourself. And it's crazy because how I know you're supposed to be a leader is because the first place you're supposed to lead is in your home. That right there. Everybody talks about how your home is your first ministry. It is. Not everybody is supposed to stand up here and do this, but everybody is supposed to be in the ministry of reconciliation and in the ministry of your home. You are a leader in the ministry of your home. You are supposed to lead. Listen, it, it is so vital. It's so crazy. They Joshua and Caleb, they understood that. Caleb was a leader to his tribe, a true leader. I don't want much to say more on that, but I, he didn't let the problem overshadow the problem solver. All right, and what's crazier now is a lot of times we have this problem. I, I used to have this problem. I'd come across a problem. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I used to bring up the, the poor excuse. Like the last grade that I did in school was sixth grade. After that, I pretty much dropped out. So I'm like a sixth grade school equivalency knowledge. When I met Elizabeth, she is smart. So I was like, I am dumb. <laughs> so I was like, man, I got to do something. So I went and got back. I went and got my GED. I did three weeks of study, studying. And I tell you what, I hate tests. Every time I take a test, I freak out because I'm like, if I could just do it and with my hands. Like I'm a young old shop guy. I want to do it with my hands, right? And tests and that kind of stuff. I hate it. I used to struggle all the time because I didn't think I could do a test good. But Years ago, I once heard that I have the wisdom of the ages dwelling inside me, that I have the mind of Christ, and I don't think Christ was dumb, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so once I started to remember that, of what Scripture says, of what God's done for me, he's given me the mind of Christ, that I'm a new creation, I have the wisdom of the ages dwelling inside me. You have the wisdom of the ages dwelling inside you. So when you come across the problem, you're going to know how to handle it. You're going to know how to claim your, your, your breakthrough. You're going to know how to claim the promised land, 
Not the optional land, again, the promised land. You're going to know how to claim it. You've got the problem solver. The ages of, the wisdom of the ages dwelling inside you. Remember that. That's for you. So, what's crazy is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say that. Listen, we are on the edge of a breakthrough. You are on the edge of a breakthrough. Don't forget that. You will know exactly what to do to claim it. All right? God said Caleb followed. That's all it was. That's how easy it was. And he did it wholeheartedly. I, and I love it because I had mentioned earlier that because of the other 10 spies and they spread fear among the community, uh, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb, they were crying. They tore their clothes. They're like, oh, no, don't do this. Like, God was going to destroy them and stuff. And, like, I can't have this. But God said, you know what? I'm going to take you in the wilderness. Because Caleb followed me wholeheartedly. He will inherit the land and his descendants. They even though they went back to the wilderness, Caleb had to go with them. I would, I don't know, he, he had a better attitude than I would have had. I would have been like, are you serious? I'm like, are you sure? Like, you can't just let me in? God, do I got to go back out there with them? No, Caleb was like, all right, I'll go with them. But he still held on to the promise of God that that was the promised land. And it's amazing because you read, they come back 40, 40, 45 years later, and God still fulfilled the promise to Caleb. Don't grow weary of breakthrough, of the promised land, of God's word. If he's given you the word, just hold on to it. You don't get victory by going halfway. You get the victory by finishing the fight. Caleb got the victory and it's amazing. This isn't my sermon, but it just, it just, it's amazing when you actually read it. Caleb, when he went back to the land, when God brought him back to the promised land, he was still ready to fight. He's 85 years old, and he said, I, my strength is still there. My spirit is still here as it was when I was then. And actually, uh, when he was given opportunities, he's like, I want that hill country, because there were still giants on the land. There were still people on the land. 45 years later, he still had the same spirit about him, the same attitude. He said, give me that hill country. I'm going. Tell you what, I want to be that when I'm 85. I'm going to be that if Jesus hasn't come yet. I'm going to be that until Jesus comes. Tell you what, Caleb was ready still. And what's amazing is God still fulfilled the promise. Because Caleb followed in faith wholeheartedly. God still provided the promised land for him. Don't grow weary. If you ever find yourself in the wilderness, in the desert, if you're on the edge of the breakthrough, the promised land, don't grow weary. Hold on. God is faithful. Tell you what. That scripture, uh, pastor used it. Uh, what is it? It's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Pastor used it last week. It says, he who calls you is faithful who will also do it. What, when, I want you, when I said I want you to, to write down all those way-making times or moments in your life, tie that scripture to it. Because God has shown himself faithful. God is faithful. He will do it. Okay? I, I love, I love it. I love Caleb. I love his attitude. I love his spirit about him. I love what he did. And what he did for his descendants. I stand as a Caleb to my family, to my tribe, my wife and kids. I stand as a Caleb. You stand as a Caleb to your tribe. 
Don't claim, the, don't, don't claim to be one of the other ten spies. Don't claim them. Uh-uh. Claim to be a Caleb. Claim that. Success comes to those who remain loyal and have faith in God. You want the victory, you got to go to the end, and you're following the victor. You're following the one, it, like I said, if God determined it, the victory has happened. We just have to catch up in time. That's it. Don't, don't, don't get caught in fear on the edge of your breakthrough. Don't get caught in fear on the edge of your promised land. Keep faith. Faith is what will bring it. Your faith and your attitude is what's going to make it happen. All right? If you follow God, have following faith, uncompromising faith, okay? Don't compromise. I'm not going to compromise. I feel like a lot of us don't speak to ourselves personally on that kind of stuff. I will not compromise my following faith and taking up a, a falling and back fear. Don't do that. I want my promised land. That's here on earth because I don't need the promised land of heaven. That's, that's heaven. <laughs> but I'm going to live on the promised land of flowing with milk and honey here on earth. You know what I'm saying? You should too. God's will was the promised land. And what's crazy, I want you to focus on this because this was said to me by Grady years ago. And I, was, I was eavesdropping. I was standing next to him, listening to him talk to somebody else at Rama, And uh, they were talking about going overseas. So, wow, that's just so scary. Are you sure, like, you want to be over there and stuff? And Grady said, I'm in the will of God. What am I to be afraid of? Listen, I, 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 God's will was the promised land for the Israelites. And it didn't matter what was on the land. The safe, when you're in God's will, the safest place to be is in God's will, even amongst the giants, even amongst the obstacles. So when you see an obstacle, when you see a giant before you, if you know you're in the will of God, have fun there. I tell you what, I mean, giants aren't going to be there long. And if there's giants, that just makes it a very big, rich, target environment. Target-rich environment. That's how you should view it. God gave them the promised land. He brought them to it. The safest place to be is in the will. It doesn't matter what's there. At the end of the day, you've got to take a moment, and you've got to listen. You've got li to pay attention to who you're giving your ear to. Are you giving it to the Spirit of God? Are you giving it to the Word? Or are you letting man speak into your ear more? The fear of man, the world, are you letting that speak to you more than the Word of God or God's Spirit? Your faith and your attitude will help you cross the threshold into your breakthrough. It will help you cross the threshold into the promised land. Caleb was the prime example of what your faith and attitude can do. Are you following in faith or are you falling back in fear? Remember this. This is where it is. This is what it comes down to. God spoke this to me, and I don't know, just to see as next month approaches how wild people are already becoming again because they're fearful of fake giants. I don't know. It's just, you, 
you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention to who you're listening to. You got to pay attention to the word of God and his promises. We are coming onto the promised land. We are coming onto the breakthrough. So I got. Okay, I hand this over to you. Thanks, buddy. I just need one more piece of that.